Your name and title, please. Okay. Joey Dunn, uh, Deputy City Manager for Community Services, City of Bryan, Texas. And what was your nickname growing up? Joey. <laughs> I could never leave the nickname behind in Alabama where I grew up. So it's still Joey. Did you ever try to break out with Joe or Joseph? Uh, I tried a little bit. I thought about it when we moved here because I didn't know a soul 31 years ago. And uh, I just couldn't. I, I don't know why. Didn't work. Yeah. So my wife calls me Joe. But anyway, that's the only. Joe Dunn. Somewhat. Yeah. It's just Joe Dunn. That doesn't even sound right. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's too brief. My, my first nickname? Uh-huh. Jaybird. Oh, of course. Of course. How could you not yeah. go with Jaybird? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's Thanks where for reminding I, me. I'll use that. Yeah, and I'll I'll call you Joe. <laughs> Welcome to Brazos Matters. I'm Jay Sokol. I get to visit with Joey Dunn, Deputy City Manager for the City of Bryan. And full disclosure, Joey and I worked together at the City of Bryan from 2000 to 2007. Wow. A long time a lot, ago. I thought it was a lot longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just intense. Okay. But hey, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So your counterpart, Hugh Walker, was our guest not long ago, and he said he does all the heavy lifting in the city manager's <laughs> office. I could be paraphrasing a little bit, but I think that's what he meant. He's right. So, I don't do anything. <laughs> so considering what he described uh, being responsible for, what is left over for you to oversee? Wow. Talk about that. That's a big question. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's not a lot because I don't do a lot, like I said. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's been uh, it's been a great uh, team. You know, Keen Register... Um, pulled me back over the, the, the border <laughs> back in 2006. But, you know, I had worked a couple times prior. But, you know, Hugh and I have worked together a long time. And he, he I mean, you know, seriously, though, he has a different skill set than I do. But we both kind of uh, team up very well. We've, it's just been great working with Hugh uh, under King's leadership. But, but what areas do you oversee? Oh, okay. You what falls under you? specific yeah. answer. Yeah, let's not talk about <laughs> Hugh anymore. You don't want to know about our personalities. <laughs> Uh, so I oversee anything development related um, with my planning background and, you know, development side with both cities. But, you know, it has to do with just anything economic development, uh, permitting, development services, community development, which is our grant monies. Um, and then a number of special projects. Um, and then I have a couple other things that I'm responsible for, like the library system. Mm. That actually is uh, we manage both cities, Bryan College Station, library locations. Um Odds and ends, uh, Coulter Airfield. That's that's an economic development initiative, but it's you know under under that same umbrella. Right. I believe I got it all, but um, you know it you know, really dealing more directly with a lot of boards and commissions, more of the external arm of the city. Hugh being more of the internal, although he, you know that it's not a clear line there. Got it. Got it. So uh, you recently represented the city of Bryan at the annual Chamber of Commerce Economic Outlook Conference, where you recap the city's economic and development successes of 2022 and looking forward to 2023 and how that's shaping up. You are not the city manager. You are not the economic development director, but you get tasked with this every year. Every year. So my question- weary of it, sure. Who did you offend and why is that person city manager keen register? (laughs) Did I offend him? Because I'm not quite sure. He didn't say anything to me. <laughs> but no, um, you know, that's, again, that's part of the uh, the team we have. And, and I, and again, I'm, 
I look at it as I get to tell the good news every year because because of the steady leadership that we've had and the position that we're in as a city. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I kind of wonder why they keep asking me to come back. And I I keep checking with Keen. Everett, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you sure you don't want to do this, boss? <laughs> and uh-huh. he's like, no, yeah, you got you know, it's it's my it's my job. But you know, again, um, you know, it's and it's a team. I, you know, Lacey will tell you, putting that thing together is a production. Kind of like where I'm sitting here, it's a production. Right. Uh, so many people work towards, uh, you know, pr- producing those kind of positive results, number one. And then, two, how do we tell that story and how do we illustrate that, how we put it all together? Uh, it's a pre- pretty big task each year, and, and it's a really good way to start the year is kind of looking back. So it's really a good exercise for me and I know f- for the staff as well. So you referred to Lacey. Lacey Lively is sitting yes, in with Joey to make is. sure he s- doesn't say anything wrong. Lacey is the communications and marketing director for the, the city of Bryan. And uh, Lacey and I got to work together at the city of College Station from 2009 to 2022. So there's that connection. But your presentation, I think it spanned like, I don't know, 34, 37 slides. It had a lot of information. <laughs> it used to be 50-something oh, plus. Boy. But it, it, it covered a lot of ground and a lot of progress. But would you hit on some of the, the things that really stand out to you as um, markers of progress that you think Bryan residents especially should pay attention to? Well, you know, again, planning is a long-term initiative, right? It's not you know, and and that's the that's the downside when we have term limits with our leadership. I started with leadership number one because it doesn't happen by accident without positive leadership of multiple mayors and councils. And I would say after the last several, I, you can really kind of chart it back to Jay when you were there, or even prior. You know, late '90s, early 2000s uh, is that positive leadership that carries things forward. But but long term plans that make a difference. They're not a four-year term. Hmm. They're more like 40 years, you know, and so it takes a while. And I've been real privileged to be part and see that for a long period of time. But, you know, again, the things that we talked about, we always give updates on, you know, people come and they want to hear about, you know, give us some tangible numbers. Right. Of where, what we experienced last year and what to expect this year. I don't go too far out on, uh, on projecting. We leave that up to Dr. Gaines and some other experts to get there and say, okay, here's what we think, you know, inflation and other things are going to do. Um, but we do, I do feel like people want to hear a realistic balanced view about kind of how, what's the health of the city. I feel like put on the spot to be the doctor to come in and give a diagnosis about where the city is a whole. And that's a, that's kind of intimidating to think about. But, you know, I I also tried to, at least this year, talk about some of the challenges we have as well. Because I'm, I I think some people are kind of tired to hear, tired to hear, it's just good news every time. And Uh, is there anything? (laughs) Right, right. And there are challenges, you know, that, that are affecting the city of Bryan, just like every other city, you know, inflation, like we said, or uh, the, the cost of debt and with large capital projects and those types of things. So overall, what we really focused on uh, besides the numbers is the, the catalyst areas of our city, Midtown Bryan. I know the Midtown's used a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Midtowner. Midtown? Okay. Good. Yeah. Town. Yeah. That's what do we good. call ourselves? Okay. I need to. We need to coin that. Get but, get Lacey on. Lacey, that. can you put that in our marketing? So, yeah. uh, but you know, Midtown Bryan, certainly downtown Bryan, and I know I keep talking about. You know, I've been involved in it since I was an intern in two. Sorry, nineteen ninety three. Right. Uh, but you know, we've got again continued emphasis on uh, the mom and pop business growth. The you know the, the arts and culture. Uh, the things that make us unique, that, that lies in the heart of downtown Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got new corridors, Highway 47, which is now John Sharp Parkway. 
uh, or the innovation corridor, if you talk about it from the terms of the, the, the zoning district we just put in place out there, connecting all the way to Rellis campus. And then there's University Drive on the east side. Um, that, that, you know, that's a, an area that's growing in both cities. It's along the, you know, the, the border. The bio corridor, I'm kind of jumping back left and right here. <laughs> but, I mean, those are, you know, major initiatives that both cities are working together on. So uh, that's what we tried to do is touch on those. I do, I only have 15 minutes. Not like this one. I have 28. It's 15 minutes to kind of, you know, give a summary. And so we try not to throw too many things up, you know, at folks. Right. Right. So you you talked about sort of these uh, these pockets of development success, uh, downtown, obviously, midtown, uh, their uh, continued development on the east and west sides. The things that, as a longtime resident here, that I stay interested in are kind of the, the connective corridors between all of those, right? right? And one of the ones that, that sticks in my mind all the time, which is uh, real easy to criticize and, and real difficult to solve, I think, mm-hmm. is the Texas Avenue corridor. You got it. Between, say, about Villa Maria and Highway 21. Right. You know, it's Bryan is an old city. Right. And, and so it has gone through a lot uh, since incorporating in 1871. So, you know, how do you, how does Brian? A city that whose leadership seems to make things happen instead of just waiting for things to happen, which I think is pretty great. How how does the city work with property owners and so forth to really transform a corridor like that that needs help, like within a single generation? How does how do you go about that, pl- well, planning guy? <laughs> Jay, it's like eating an elephant one bite at a time. Okay, and that was the an- analogy that. When I spoke to council several years ago, we were talking about the need to, um, you know, look at ways to, you know, beautify that, that corridor. Um, but it's not just one dimensional, right? That's not just the only issue. Right. Uh, it's a TxDOT or state-owned road. Um, you know, there's working, coordinating with landowners all the way up and down that entire corridor. It's a seven-mile stretch, I believe. Hmm. Um, you know, it has a lot of different character as you head even the most extreme north is more of a residential area, of course, but, you know, goes to the heart of downtown. So there's different segments to it. But again, you know, one thing at a time, you know, you yeah. got to start somewhere. And I think what's been great, um, you know, as you head, as you, as you hit the city limits, right, what do you see? Well, you know, there's opportunities there, um, you know, with some space there at, at Hensel Park, but, but, you know, there's overhead utilities, right? How do you work right. maybe around those or relocate some of that? Uh, TxDOT, I'm sorry, uh, BTU, we're very proud, has been in the position financially to do some things uh, with, you know, re- relocating and putting underground utilities um, in different various locations. And, and uh, so that's part of it. But working with TxDOT to, uh, you know, put in landscaping and streetscaping. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it has to be public and private partnership together and multiple private partners, too. So, you know, really our strategy right now working with TxDOT uh, we've started construction. I mentioned this at the at the presentation, but the the first phase is right at 21, and uh, in Texas, uh, sorry, yeah, Texas Avenue on Highway 21, with some uh, intersection improvements there. Okay. Working with TxDOT, there is a median being proposed, and that that is a uh, that's a challenge because you probably have, I don't know, a hundred thousand driveways. I, I don't know how many, but there's there's so many to work through, uh, and we don't want to hurt business. 
But at the same time, you know, again, that's that's the you know you, you we clean up not just the look, but we 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 improve safety along right. that corridor. So again, it's just a one bite at a time approach. Yeah, uh, we have a grant program. Uh, it's a corridor beautification program. It started on uh, South College, and that's been extended to Texas Avenue as well, uh, where businesses can come in and say, "Hey, I want to clean clean up my parking lot, put in some landscaping." you know, maybe eliminate a driveway or two, uh, the city has a grant program that we help with those finan- financial co- uh, mm. burdens. So going to bounce around a little bit because uh, a couple of minutes ago you mentioned Hensel Park. Yeah. And so I guess technically Hensel Park, I guess that's on the College Station side. It is. It's but it's, it's a Texas A&M park, right? It is. So, what is the city of Bryan's involvement or focus or uh, attention to that Hensel Park area? It's very important to us because it's surrounded, I believe, on three sides by Bryan. Uh, you, you, if you look at a, a city limit map, uh, and nobody cares where the city limits are between the cities, by the <laughs> way. Only I do or, uh, or those of us who work for the cities. But uh, Hensel Park is sort of a, a bump into Bryan, if you will, and it was separated by a creek on the north end and then South College and Texas Avenue. So we have a lot of neighborhoods that that are right up against that whole entire area. Um, you know, we're looking at redevelopment opportunities, not in, not in every preservation and redevelopment opportunities in the immediate areas, particularly on the I'll call it the Midtown Bryan side, which really is the west side of uh, South College. Um, there's there's the older, um, I'd say even dilapidated rental housing over there. And so it presents an opportunity just like Northgate to have high-density residential redevelopment. But Hensel Park itself, you know, it, it reaches out and touches all these areas. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's a highly sensitive area from that standpoint, but it is a huge opportunity. It's a great asset. Uh, it's been underutilized, in our opinion. And, and um, you know, again, we're just happy to hear that the university is now focusing on that area and, and looking at it as a way to interact with the community. You know, I mean, how's the pedestrian, you know, bike and connections are, how are those to the community? Um, you know, North Oakwood, as well as again, uh, Rosemary on the east side, you know, all those are uh, ways to kind of create more of a, you know, leverage it as an amenity mm-hmm. for the whole community, not just the university itself. So we're excited about it. We're no, we know that it's in the planning stages. And, and I think the College of Landscape Architecture is in charge of putting together a plan and and uh, I think both cities are represented and, and uh, lots of entities in, in involved in that planning effort. Yeah. So are, are plans um, in enough focus to where you can sort of roughly talk about uh, what you see it evolving into? Uh, not quite yet. Okay. Uh, we are very early stages. Uh, I think, you know, from what we've heard, we've, we've, we like it. Uh, you know, for example, um, the creek that runs, I hate to know, I don't know what creek that is along the north side of, uh, mm-hmm. of Hensel Park. But uh, anyway, that, you know, it, it there's opportunities to have crossings there for pedestrians and that type of thing. And then I know there's some future development of the Century Square area as well, kind of uh, around that area. So, uh, but beyond that, the details have not been determined yet. So yeah. uh, we're, we're just eager to be part of that process. Got it. So if you just tuned in, I'm Jay Sokol. You're listening to Brazos Matters, and my guest is City of Bryan Deputy City Manager Joey Dunn, and with him is the city's Director of Communication Marketing, Lacey Lively. So, Joey, no offense, but what genius came up with the slogan, The Good Life Texas Style? <laughs> I don't know who that was. Uh, some former employee who left long ago. Uh, you, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to find him. Um, 
No, it's uh, it was a great it was a great uh, slogan. It, it, it has it been was. twenty? How long has it been? It's Jay? been close to twenty wow. years. So it, that was probably around two thousand four, two thousand five, something like that. And yeah. and back then, Brian really struggled um, to find an identity because we weren't home of Texas A&M. We weren't right. the, the home of anything or anyone super notable. The The rebirth of downtown was just getting started. I mean, right. the hard work was just getting started. Nothing groundbreaking was invented there. I mean, it wasn't a destination for mountains and rivers and right. things. like. So we went, through, what are you talking about? we went through a really long <laughs> and public process, and I yeah. think we landed in a good place at the time. Yeah. And, it, and it has... Uh, served the city well for right. about 20 years, but a lot has changed in the city of Bryan in, in 20 years. And so, so that's a long windup to ask you this. In your opinion, what is Bryan's identity today? Like what singular authentic theme or idea could or should Bryan hang its hat on in 2023 that maybe we couldn't do 20 years ago? Well, you know, I think there's uh, a, a discovery of of our identity. I mean, we've. I think Brian has, uh, you know, kind of that long term. You know, we have we're a diverse community. You know, of of socioeconomic, cultural populations that are kind of all joined together. Um, you know, we have great. Again, we mirror very similar to the state of Texas in the way of our population, um, and so who we are is a diverse community. Hmm. And um, it's not just, and I don't mean it just, but I mean, you know, you've got white, Hispanic, and African-American populations, but we also have very specific uh, ethnic groups, um, you know, the Czechs, the Polish, the Italians, uh, and they have populations in Bryan or have for many generations. So in that sense, we really haven't changed a lot. It's just a matter of how identifying and celebrating that. Yeah. You know, we've had the opportunity, and, and Jay, I know we work together uh, both cities worked together on the, you know, on the convention and visitor bureau side, and and now each city has its own department. Right. Uh, but but Brian has has, you know, we have Destination Brian now that uh, is an organization that's separate from the city of Brian, but they have identified or come up with a new branding effort, that has to do with Legends Reborn, and it's really kind of celebrating all of those unique elements that make us who we are. Hmm. Uh, it's not even one particular group of people. And that's what's amazing. I, th- I think that's, you know, we're finally being able to kind of tell our story yeah. through that, through that effort. I think the Legends brand is, I mean, you know, some, everybody has an opinion what a legend is. Is it, you know, I don't know. Is it Spider-Man? I don't know. I mean, what is a legend? What, you know, right. is it a superhero? Right, right. <laughs> is it, is it a, is it a myth? You know, but it seems to, as though, and and only about two and a half years, uh, Destination Brian has been in existence. But you know, the last year they've they've kind of gone down that new path with this, with this brand, and we we feel like it ties in very nicely with the stories that have never really been told. And I think it it is you know those are relevant. Um, people are are snapping to it, you know, or I, I think that's yeah. I'm in the middle. <laughs> I think it's great. I don't know, you know, if that's everybody's opinion, but we we feel very good about that branding effort. And, uh, you know, that's that's again, that's an organization separate from the city, but it really is kind of telling the story uh, and can do a lot of things that the city itself. I say the city, but the organization not may not be able to tell that story in the Hmm. same way. 
So what I'm hearing is you're you're actively working to erase my branding project for <laughs> the water towers. It is still the good life. It's all about the good life, Jake. It is. it is. It is. Because it is. I have a definition of the good life. Yes. And you have a definition. And what is your definition of good life? Uh, I'm a midtowner, Joey. <laughs> Joe Dunn, I'm a midtowner. Okay. That's my good life. Well, that's still, that's, I agree. So, good. so my first career was in radio news before I came to join you guys at the City of Bryan. Mm-hmm. And so... In every communication marketing job I held after that, I kind of viewed things through the lens of a reporter, and that that served me pretty well Mm -hmm. uh, doing that. Your municipal government career started kind of in the the Main Street area and and, and planning and development world. So even though you've been in the city manager's office for a long time, how often do you tend to approach projects and issues through the lens of a planner? Well, that's what is that lens? It's a good question, but uh, it has been, uh, yeah, I think it has served me well to be able to have that background. I came to Texas A&M to be an architect, and then I decided, you know, that's nice, and I enjoyed the design side, but really the practical side was the public interest side, the and and more I'll call it urban design, and and so I really gravitated to downtown Bryan and initially through my internship, and and um, but yeah, I I I would say that you know it has been. Uh, it served me well in terms of thinking long term because, again, you know, the change the the changeover in leadership, you know, does require that long term view. How how do we keep our focus on what's keeps us unique, makes us unique, and and um, so, I mean, I feel like I feel like that's, um, um, you know, it's been very gratifying to see the the progress made and and it's also been unusual to stay in the same community for this long yeah i haven't been drop kicked out of here uh it's been a good run hopefully i can keep it up but i mean you know to be able to see that progress over time and uh it's very gratifying to have that but yeah i went to a&m again didn't still didn't know what i wanted to do in grad school (laughs) and changed uh yet again i did the only city planner i knew growing up i did know what it was because i grew up in a small german town in alabama called Coleman, and it was founded by a retired ge- uh, German general. <laughs> retired, I don't know. He came over here. Okay. <laughs> His name right. was John G. Coleman, and he was a city planner. And he did some things there that were pretty unique. It had a railroad, sounds familiar, through the middle of town, and back in the late 1800s, he put it below grade. And so you don't have any pr- – nobody even hears the train, much less <laughs> – at, you know, did extra wide streets. Those simple moves made ahead of time saved billions of dollars over, you know, centuries. So I, I see that as a, as a again, long term. What are those moves that can be made? And so, you know, again, that that's something that I feel like we've been able to do here in some ways, a smaller o- scale. If only we had had the opportunity at some point <laughs> to put the railroad if, if only, below grade. If only. I know. <laughs> Have to have lived here for a while to get that reference. Right, that was that was once upon a time something that, <laughs> that was discussed. So, with with our remaining uh, few minutes here, getting back to uh, the fact that you recently presented to the Chamber of Commerce's Economic Outlook Conference, is there any data that you want to throw out and make sure that, that folks are aware uh, in, in terms of numbers or impact or or momentum and trajectory? Anything you want to drop sure. on them? Uh, you know, we all we we, we seem to. Very interested in our single-family growth. Uh, we've we hit a, a peak last year, 955 single-family permits, which we never dreamed we'd ever get to that in a single year. This last year, I think 800 and 846. Thank you, Lacey. 
Uh, and, you know, I mean, still you know, down from the peak of last year, but still the highest or the second highest ever. Uh, but we're seeing, you know, again, that growth of a new single family of new residential. Um, and I think that's important. We, we, we'd like to toot that horn a little bit. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really touch on this a lot on Wednesday without enough time, but I just think that Brian has the opportunity. I think it goes back to the branding to really celebrate who we are with the arts. I, I, I was a music minor. My wife's a music major. We moved here from Nashville 30 some, I don't know how long ago it was now, 31 years ago. Okay. <clears throat> but you know, the, the, the first <laughs> impression was where's the music, <laughs> where is the arts? I mean, it's here, but it's, it's another, another one of those challenges. It's hidden. Uh, how do we celebrate that? How do we bring that out? I really think Brian has an opportunity uh, to celebrate. Uh, you know, we've got our downtown arts and culture. Mm-hmm. We are now a music-friendly designated city in the state of Texas. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean a whole lot unless you do something with that and really promote that. But A&M is now focusing on creating a school for fine arts. Now, we don't know where exactly where to land, and I'm not sure that's the name of it yet. But, you know, that that's something that uh, Susan Balabina mentioned on Wednesday as well. We're excited about partnering with them because mm-hmm. you've got you need that kind of infrastructure. So we see we, we see Brian as being uh, uh, well positioned, you know, to to really create a, a a live music, you know, hub uh, or you know that kind of arts and culture. Is that also part of how downtown venues are? evolving a bit like at the palace and so forth yes. to, to try to pull in more of those uh live music uh, right. opportunities and so forth right i mean i think uh you know we're very happy with uh, the shulman family that's doing uh, the renovations of the and they've completed the queen uh and then the billy's bill bar and grill and then we have palace across the street again they managed those and owned them 100 years ago right <clears throat> but those are opportunities next to the stafford grand stafford and you know, so yeah, we want to create sort of a place where you don't even have to hear who's playing or who's who's going to perform. You just know something's going to happen. You're going to head that way, and then something. You know, we want that kind of activity, uh, particularly in downtown, but not just in downtown. I mean, you know, Lake Walk or other parts of, of Bryan, but certainly we have that opportunity to really take that forward. And uh, so I thought I'd mention that. No, I, I think that's <laughs> well, and and downtown really has emerged as. Uh, the hub for the local arts scene. I right. think it has the vibe and, and the authenticity to do that, and I, I imagine you guys want to capitalize on that and continue to see that to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's it's something that's kind of been there, but just we've really got to capitalize on it. And uh, you know, um, you know that it's organic. That's you can plan for that. But your planning side is more the infrastructure. Like, how, what can we do to support that positive? vibe but then step back and let private come in and do the fun stuff you know but again that investment in the infrastructure started when you and i were working together you know in the early 2000s the very uh unsexy work of uh investing that infrastructure and and making things pedestrian friendly and burying the utility lines and the whole thing it was you remember it was a slog but but look where we are 20 years later right yeah. You got to lay that infrastructure, but again, government can't do everything. We've got to step back and and allow, you know, your again, your mom and pops, your your arts related, you know, boutique type of uh, business to come in and do some fun stuff, events and other things. So, you know, uh, we've been we've been happy how that's happening, but what can we do to to promote that more, yeah. I think in Brian. 
Hey, I really appreciate you coming in and having Man, a is chat. Is time up already? Oh, it's time is up. <laughs> so, Joey Dunn and Lacey Lively, thank you guys for the talk. It's good to talk to you, Joey. Brazos Matters is a production of Aggieland's Public Radio, 90.9 KAMU-FM, a member of Texas A&M University's Division of Marketing and Communications. Our show is engineered and edited by the lovely and the talented Matt Dittman. You can learn more about us at kamu.tamu.edu slash radio. If you have suggestions or comments about guests and topics, feel free to email me anytime. Jay Sokol, J-A-Y-S-O-C-O-L at tamu.edu.